Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to another episode of Chasing Noor, our podcast about the light inside us, around us, and the ancestors who came before us. So today I am here with Micah Anderson, who is the Director of Wellness over here at Talif Collective. So thank you for joining my show. It's a pleasure. <laughs> it's great to be here. You have such a wealth of information and experience over here at Talif that I'd love to kind of share with other people. And a lot of people have certain impressions of what Talif in general is in terms of convert care. So um, the first question, I guess, is your background with Talif, especially with trauma work and mindfulness. So how does all of that intersect? About 10 years ago, um, I, I started volunteering here, um, mm-hmm. just kind of doing some convert care work and some kind of light counseling, shahadas, that kind of thing, um, testimony of faith, um, you know, for people entering um, Islam, mm-hmm. and really felt a, a deep affinity with um, caring for other people in a, you know, in a counseling Mm -hmm. setting. Um, Mm -hmm. And it even goes back as far as uh, when I was a teenager being in, in and out of different placements. I was in a group home for a period of time. And I remember there was a therapist there who, um, for one of the first times in my life, I felt seen and heard by Mm. someone in a different way. Yeah. yeah, And I remember thinking to myself, like, I would like to do that. Oh, um, so I'm a, I'm a late bloomer in tr- professionally. I mean, I mm-hmm. didn't end up going back to um, to get a master's degree until probably 36 or 37. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, which gives my age a little bit. I've um, <laughs> been a mindfulness practitioner for about 30 years mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. when I started here, or 25 years or so. And Wow. Um, gave me a lot of resiliency in a lot of different ways, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we started experimenting with just kind of evidence-based practices um, of of what self-awareness can do um, for us, uh, not not just specifically as Muslims, but just as humans with this... With a with uh, with complex realities, yeah, right, exactly. Um, with family histories, with mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. Uh, with our own traumas, anxieties, yeah. struggles, mm-hmm. hopes, dreams, et cetera, et cetera. And exactly. I found that mm-hmm. you know some simple grounding techniques yeah. that I, I had learned through through mindfulness were very helpful for not only for myself but then mm-hmm. some of the beneficiaries here at Ted Leaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's amazing. And I think you know complex histories, complex trauma, mm-hmm. and everything that shows up for that. Let's take a moment and talk about maybe if you're comfortable about what had happened to you recently yeah, there's no easy way to say this a couple months ago i was unfortunately the victim of um of uh, a stray bullet in my home yeah um so i'm a victim of gun violence um in oakland there was a shootout by my home yeah um and uh, i got hit in the leg with a bullet and yeah. um wow yeah, I know enough about trauma to know yeah. what it is and mm-hmm. what it does and how it's been affecting me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So physically, I've been healing from that and, and you know, mentally know it, noticing yeah. symptoms of what, you know, when mm-hmm. we get exposed to a trauma, um, mm-hmm. what starts to happen with symptoms, right? Yeah. And how they start to show up um, yeah. in different ways, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So my own process yeah. um, of, you know, not only seeking therapy, but just looking for different types of modalities 
modalities to help mm. myself heal from what we would call just a single incident trauma like yeah. that. But it's, I like to define trauma as just like safety being mm. removed. Could mm-hmm. be physical, mm-hmm. could be mental, emotional, yeah. it could yeah. be micro, could be macro, yeah. right? So this being a mm-hmm. substantial state, yeah. right, of um, having safety lost in the home, mm. the very one place where yes. you would hope yeah. it would be. Yeah, I remember when you had mentioned that I was just wow, like to have that experience in your own home and the safety behind that and your family and alhamdulillah, everyone is safe and everything and you're healing and you're walking around. I am, I am, I'm (laughs) healing, I'm walking around, you know, I'm I'm back at it and, and, um, you know, I do Mm -hmm. work with... prisoners in um, county jails here and also in juvenile facilities. Yeah. And it's been interesting just to see how this Mm. new piece of my identity as a victim of gun violence is showing up in the room with many um, victims of gun violence and perpetrators of gun violence, right? Um, People who have been around gun violence their entire lives, right? And it's so normal. And it's completely normal. So it's been interesting to see how um, this is kind of being integrated into my life as a clinician yeah. and a person, right? This new part of my identity. Because, you know, we do know about trauma too that um, severs like a cohesive narrative. Yes. Right? So yes. often yeah. with trauma, there's a before and then there's an after, mm-hmm. right? So with this case, there's before the shooting, there's after the shooting. Yeah. And maybe maybe people are listening to this, yeah. right? It's just like they can think of different traumas in their lives and yeah. they, they talk about it as a before and after, as if the yeah. narrative's been... It's been cut. Exactly, yeah. And in the mourning of what it was, the grieving of life before the trauma that often gets missed. The loss of safety. Yeah. It's like, and and the grief process Mm -hmm. is an important one um, for us to honor when we're going through that, right? Mm -hmm, People mm -hmm, mm -hmm, often mm -hmm. have an opinion like, oh, you had your time to grieve or whatever. And it's, there's not, Mm -hmm. it's not that simple in my opinion. You know, there's not, not necessarily a time frame on it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's so interesting because like for me, like, you know, within my 16 years of doing this work, what I have kind of defined what a trauma, I, it's hard to describe what trauma is because it's so unique to each person. But yeah. a trauma response is it's a normal reaction to an abnormal situation mm-hmm. that affects your future sense of trust and safety in normal situations. Exactly. And so being able to to name that and say that when you're around people that are mm-hmm. navigating things in such a different way and the shame behind that. Let's kind of talk more about your journey to Islam. I mean, if I had to boil it down to one thing it was this idea the arabic term is tawhid right so mm-hmm, this idea mm-hmm, of oneness mm-hmm, mm-hmm, behind yeah. everything whether i understand it whether i see it or not mm-hmm, but this mm-hmm. deep belief in it when i learned about that concept it was putting a name on something that i had already believed in you know i came from a christian upbringing and as much as i kind of stepped away from that framework, yeah. you know, in my yeah. teen years, um, mm-hmm. there was a belief in one God and a, a deep-seated belief that everything happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Whether, and again, whether I like it or not, whether I yeah. understand it or not, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. that's part of the journey is making, under, <laughs> is starting to understand mm-hmm. why things happen, right? Making yeah. meaning. Well, what does this mean for me? Yeah. What am I learning from this, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. So I think that was another thing, right? Yeah. This idea of qadr, right? This, um, mm-hmm. you know, the destiny destiny or whatever, however we may yeah. term it, right? Yeah. Um, I think that that was another piece that there was already a framework inside of me that yeah. that I connected with. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, converted uh, 20-something years ago, wow. um, and a lot of it was it was because of travels overseas. You know, I'd been really? doing um, retreat 
mm. retreats and um, a lot of meditation retreats in India and Nepal and Thailand. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, you know, it was kind of one of those backpackers at 25 <laughs> just kind of going yeah. and living on no money and, yeah. you know, staying at retreat centers exactly. and that kind of thing. And it was there, <laughs> yeah. that was one thread in yeah. India particularly where I started to um, mm. kind of see Islam a little bit more practiced. Yes. Um, my love of hip-hop culture mm. and um, community mm-hmm. over the last mm-hmm. 25 years or so. Wow. And even, you mm-hmm. know, quasi-Islamic movements like the Five Percenters or the mm-hmm. Nation or these kind of things. Yeah. Um, I may not have been a member of all of them, but they mm-hmm. were they were influential, right, yeah. in my vocabulary yeah. and in my identity, mm-hmm. right? So I think mm-hmm. that there were mm-hmm. these two kind of streams mm-hmm. that merged yeah. um, at a certain point. And then I, I wow. m- you know, I embraced Islam at that point. I actually self-identified it as as a Muslim before Mm. I even took Shahada. Wow, that's amazing. Faith fluctuates for me every day Mm -hmm, mm because the heart mm -hmm. fluctuates all (laughs) the time, Mm -hmm. right? Even the Arabic understanding of the term heart, right, qalb, Mm. right? There's a root in um, like oscillation of movement in Mm. there. So faith is dynamic Yeah. in my experience. I don't yeah. know if other people have that experience. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, they do. It's dynamic, and mm. sometimes it comes back easily, and other times it doesn't come back so easily. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And there are times where I can kind of have inquiry around, like, what is it that I don't trust? Faith and trust are linked, yeah. right? So yeah. often loss of trust mm. could Mm-hmm, affect mm-hmm. my faith. Yeah. Right? So yeah. loss of trust in myself and mm-hmm. people, maybe in the way I thought things were supposed to be yes. and they weren't. Yes, yes, Right? Yes, so yeah. is that even loss in trust in God? When when it's gone, I yeah. or when it's low or depleted, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll do what I can to build it. And sometimes it's mm-hmm. it's about it's about waiting. Being in this discomfort of like, yeah, it's not comfortable right now and my mm-hmm. faith is depleted mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. do I have still have enough faith to believe yeah. that it'll go back up yes. or that it'll change? And people, like you, you pointed out, people can internalize it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then it's like, what's wrong with me? Mm, yes. And it's yes, like, yes, yes, yes. I, I'm not sure if it's something that's, mm. that's quote unquote wrong. Yeah. Maybe there's yeah, things yeah. I could be doing more of mm-hmm. or less of. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly, exactly. Right, so that real. would help kind of aid to mm. um, faith being more present, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. this is this is an issue that I, yeah. I see a lot with Muslim clients, especially, is, mm-hmm, is, and you've mm-hmm. used the word several times already, shame. Yeah. Right? This idea yeah. that like w- there's this inward turning self-loathing yeah there's a loathing right it's a loathing it's like i am not Mm -hmm. complete i'm not whole i'm Mm. not good i'm um Mm -hmm. inherently flawed and yes um while we all have things that we're working on Mm -hmm. i'm sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i find it problematic to have Mm. that type of inward um Loathing the self, loathing yeah. who I am, right? Yeah. Loathing my identity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Because it goes deep. It goes too deep, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of use even like Brene Brown's like framework, right? Mm-hmm. The difference between guilt and shame, right? Mm-hmm, that guilt mm-hmm. at times can be a, you know, a motivating factor. We yes. do something wrong. We yeah. want to change something. We feel bad about it. We mm-hmm. want to make amends or yeah. we want to rectify a situation. Whereas yeah. like from her perspective, like shame mm-hmm. is really something that's... um 
Uh, it's a, like a corrosive in a yes. way. Yes. Right? Yeah. So yeah. the difference, you know, like guilt being like I did something bad, shame is I mm. am bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So again, exactly. it's turned inward. Yeah, definitely. And I like just kind of going deeper into like convert care and just like what, you know, the the support that Talif is able to offer to convert care. What does that mean? What does come as you are mean? Like- you know, back in the 90s, mm-hmm. you know, when people were kind of investigating Islam and converting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, you and I'm sure people have maybe had this experience where they go into mm-hmm. a mosque or they yeah. go into some sort of um, Islamic space and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they're met with either uh cultural um, interpretations yes. of the faith. Yes, yes, um, yes. They're met with mm-hmm. judgmental interpretations of the faith, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which in my experience as a newcomer to Islam, I actually yeah. needed a space that was um, a little bit more, I, dare I say, the, we use the word friendly. Yeah, to yes, yeah. my not knowing, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm, a little more mm-hmm. accepting about my not knowing, yeah, right? And, yeah, and like, yeah, this yeah. is actually, can there be a space where it's okay for me not to know all the answers? Yes. Right? Yes, um, yes, yes. And to make mistakes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think for converts, especially for mm-hmm. people who are just kind of investigating faith, or even yeah. for non-converts, yeah. right? People who yeah. just want to learn something about Islam. Exactly, and it's just like, exactly. am I even welcome to come in this place? Yeah. Like sometimes, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm, we look mm-hmm. into a mosque or something. It's like, yeah. I'm not sure, if, you know, and yeah. yeah, and I'm a male. Yeah, that's interesting. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like I I got it a lot easier mm-hmm, than mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. maybe the female convert or yeah. someone who's not even dressed properly exactly, and they exactly. want to go see what yeah. a space is like, mm-hmm. right? And I recognize that there's yeah. legal rulings around mosques that of don't course. that don't um, particularly hold for other spaces, which is why a space mm-hmm. like this at Tetleaf yeah. was never a mosque because yeah. we want to have different we want to have a different type of flexibility with people mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to be able to mm-hmm. come in, yeah. navigate the space, yeah. learn on their own terms. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really where the, the saying is, mm-hmm, is about. Mm-hmm. It's just like Islam yeah. isn't changing. Yeah. And come as you are, right? Mm-hmm, come mm-hmm. come as you are and uh, mm-hmm. with the intent to possibly change or shift, you know. Yeah. Um, it's so beautiful. And I remember when uh, I went with Yasmin and Amr over here, I think it was like a, in uh, April or February was mm-hmm. when the first time I came out here. And I've heard a lot about it back in Southern California. And when I came in, I was talking to Yasmin. I was like, wait, should I have should I wear the hijab? Should I have my yeah. scarf? And yeah. she was telling me, she goes, no, just whatever you're comfortable with. And having a third space was confusing to me because it, it there's either the mosque, there's the Islamic space, or there's a non-Islamic space. Right. And it was really beautiful to see the conversations that were coming up around it and how people were just really comfortable there was like a a state of ease is how I felt when I was walking in and you were speaking earlier about uh, mindfulness Mondays you know back again 10 years ago we Mm -hmm. started doing a mindfulness class um, with Imam Zaid's blessing here Mm -hmm. on Monday nights and um, you know in the beginning it was me and maybe one other person two other people it was just like whoever wanted to show up and I would just go out there every Monday at 7 I'd sit Mm -hmm. for half hour and then (laughs) offer a little talk and it's like slowly Mm -hmm. you know people started showing up we've had a real wide variety of people who've Mm -hmm. attended the retreats and the day longs anywhere from Mm -hmm. you know 20 to 65 and we've had aunties from immigrant backgrounds Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. converts and non-Muslims and you know couples and you know all kinds of people um, because I think it speaks to the need of um, 
just different modalities of healing in our community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And not only the need, but the but the the um, there's a need and there's a desire. Yes. Right? Yeah. So speak about that. The desire. Well, I, I I always looked at it and it's just honestly startled sometimes with the numbers. It's just like mm. you do a group and there's like sixty people showed up and it's yeah. just like. Okay, yeah. what does that say? Mm-hmm, 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 right, mm-hmm, what does that mm-hmm. say? Yeah. It's not like 10 or 15. Exactly, it's just like there's exactly. a large group of people who are want wow. to come and be a part of it. Yeah. It speaks to a lot of different things. Probably the popularity of mindfulness just in the society yes. overall, which yeah. is, has two sides to it, a exactly. benefit and a, and yeah. a drawback, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it speaks to... Um, one of our teachers says like this continuous partial awareness people are mm. constantly spread thin mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, i don't mm-hmm. know if you've noticed but yeah. seems like things are getting more distracting there's more mm-hmm. societal trauma especially for muslims mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. living in trump america in yeah. this year yeah yeah um, in these years or these um hopefully it's not longer than years but it seems <laughs> like it's going to be exactly um yeah. so all of these things right stress anxiety Desperate times call for desperate measures, right? It's just like, I need all the help I can get. Exactly. Yeah. That's very beautiful. And I think a lot of people, um, when they describe when they leave Talif, they feel recharged Mm. to enter into a space that is literally an office building on the outside. And to be able to get that recharge to keep you going in your faith is such a beautiful thing. Talif often incorrectly gets branded as the convert care place. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. if you look at the numbers, it's somewhere between probably 20 and 30% of the people who come wow. here are converts. Yeah. The rest of them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are born Muslims. Yeah, and right? that's surprising when you share that. Wow. So what does that say? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, well, it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tells me one that were branded incorrectly yeah. right, by the, <laughs> by the public or whatever, yeah. which is okay. Mm-hmm. And two, it started telling us, I think, when we started looking at those numbers, like, mm-hmm. oh, the flavor we're offering for Converse is actually yeah. appealing to a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Having a space that's less judgmental, right? Mm-hmm. That having a space that's more open to yes. different types of people and experiences, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe having a space that's not um, confined by the legal rulings of a mosque. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. combination of all these things and mm-hmm. many more, I yeah. think, started... Um, attracting people mm-hmm. who, for example, maybe were born Muslim and then mm-hmm. they drifted out for yeah. a year, five yeah. years, ten mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. still didn't feel yeah. safe yeah. for whatever reason yeah. to step into a mosque yeah. and to walk back in there. Like, for example, immigrant mm-hmm. Muslims who were raised in Muslim families yeah. who didn't really even know how to pray properly. Really? Or they didn't even know particular, their Arabic wasn't good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, is a 25-year-old dude going to walk into a mosque and ask an uncle? Yeah, yeah. Can you teach me how to pray? Yeah, wow, wow. Right? Yeah. I would have trouble doing that. Exactly. And the trust to be able to know that whoever you ask, that they're going to keep it confidential and they're not going to go share it and then shame you. Those are the types of people that we started mm. seeing showing up here. And not only them. Wow. I mean, there's plenty of people who are, yeah. you know, have been Muslim their whole lives of and course. know you know, Hafid Quran and all yeah. this kind of thing who come here as well, right? Wow. The one thing I like about it is that 
there's often like a mm-hmm. an interesting blend and mix of all these different types of yeah. archetypes of people, right? Yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, when I returned back to Islam at university at UCLA, and I remember for me, like in, it wasn't something that I didn't want it to be a huge declaration that was in front of the MSA. Mm-hmm. It was something that I did in an intimate way with close people around me. And a lot of times the Islamic communities are, they're people who, you know, they go to Jummah prayer. They're the same people who go every time. So if you are somebody who comes, you know, just randomly wanting to go to Jummah prayer, you are, you know, you do stand out. So when you converted, like, how did your family experience it? Uh, well, in the beginning, I didn't tell them. Okay. So they didn't have any experience <laughs> of it. Um, yeah. And, you know, slowly they came around. You know, I, I was blessed in that regard. Mm-hmm. My parents mm-hmm. gave me um, a pretty wide ability to mm-hmm. come to my own terms of what I needed and what I wanted and what was important to me in terms Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm, faith mm -hmm. or um, professional Mm -hmm. life or, you know, all of these things where, you know, I recognize not everybody has that. Yeah. Right. Um, So there's Mm -hmm. obviously been situations where people have converted and they're Mm -hmm. immediately kicked out of their house and disowned by their family. I think, uh, you know, in culture and race and everything, like even if you maybe perhaps you're um, Indian sick and then you decide to convert into Islam or coming from a different background, it because there is a lot of cultural trauma that mm-hmm. shows up in no terms question. of stepping close no to question. it. So as well as historic trauma with yep. the partition yep. and everything that kind of goes beyond yep. that. Yep. So um, so speaking more about community trauma, there's that social media violence that happens, right, where we're seeing something and it's that please don't let it be Muslim. You know, when we see somebody who is, you know, shooting up a school or something. Mm. Thing. Yeah, it's sure, that sure. The anxiety that people have inside of themselves as well as representing themselves as being Muslim. So how do you feel like people navigating how to maybe it's not even so much of getting close to their faith, but how to just, you know, to keep going amidst all this trauma and this triggering that they're experiencing? Certain things we have control over. A lot yes. of things we don't have control of over. Of course. Yeah, yeah, what we yeah. do have control over is what mm-hmm. comes down our newsfeed. I think it's important for us to assess Mm. what our trauma inputs are. Where's trauma coming in now Mm. with the shooting? I don't need to see somebody getting shot. That starts to like trigger things in me and affect things in me. But if I'm unaware of what triggers me, how am Mm. I even going to know what's triggering Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. when it's triggering me? Yeah. This is where the self-awareness comes back in. Definitely, yeah. That's so interesting. And I think, like, for me, like, when I came back from, like, Iraq and Syria, and I didn't realize, like, I was like, I've, I've dealt with trauma for years. I've been a safe person for people for so long. And I was surprised because, like, when I first jumped into the refugee crisis, I was out pulling refugee boats in. And for me, ocean used to be a, you know, been in L.A. having to, that comfort, that, you know, that, sure. that ease. And now if I see, you know, open seas, I do feel a sense of, like, this is the water that has separated families this is the water where people have died and it's very interesting in terms of being in the heart of the Middle East and then coming back and seeing TV shows or even movies that talk Mm -hmm. about the Middle Mm -hmm. East and that triggering that I get because it's just there's just such an exoticization of what the Middle East is Mm -hmm. and the pain and all of that when it's people it's lives so I wow and so I didn't even I didn't think about that in terms of triggering and even when you're in the mental health world as a as a support person how that looks like for people how have you seen self-care show up for you? It's yeah. just like the closer I am to direct service work, like mm. when I go into the prisons, yeah. jails, when I do yeah. therapy with people, I actually feel more resilient because hmm. it's the very yeah. thing that gives me juice, right? Yes. It gives me purpose. Yeah. It gives me meaning. 
It's interesting that you say that it replenishes you. So last night I was teaching a class out in San Quentin and I was just recharged by that. And it's it's interesting to know that because for other people that would be depleting. Like I felt closer to Allah at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think something that gets shared a lot is like wanting to be healed. You know, it's like as if it's a finite thing that you will be healed. It is a healing journey, but also that it's okay to take a break from healing. A lot of healing can happen in a space, mm. right? Because often the, those those types of traumas happen mm-hmm. through relationship so they can heal through relationship and for some people the baggage is substantially heavier than that yeah it's going to take them mm-hmm. therapy it's going to take them being mm-hmm. on their own path yeah. possibly even leaving islam you know there's people who have been abused by their quran teachers there's yeah. people who have been yeah. abused by imams how do you how do you come back from that yeah there's yeah. almost has to be like a reclaiming mm of the faith for my own, very mm-hmm, similar mm-hmm, to what mm-hmm. you mentioned, you know, returning back to Islam, right? Yeah. Oh, I believe this now. I'm not just doing yeah. this because yeah. I was told to do it for 15 years. Mm-hmm. This is mine yes. now. I believe this mm-hmm. and I'm going to own it. So for people who are born Muslims who are returning to their faith, there mm-hmm. is a shahada. Yeah. There's a reclamation of the faith, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm, taking this. This is mine now. Yeah. This isn't mom's. This isn't dad's. Mm. This isn't my uncle's. This isn't Indian, Pakistani. Exactly. This is mine. Mm. What do I make of that then? Oh, God, Ya Allah. May you, may you grant safety, safety to your people, safety to Muslims. Uh, may you create spaces where people are able to learn and understand and, and come, to, come to deeper levels of meaning and purpose in their identity as Muslims, in their identity as humans, in this greater, larger family of Muslims and humans. Help us to be connected. Help us to have empathy towards each other. Help, help there be more and more ways of, of healing for our community, whether it's on a communal level, larger, or whether it's on the smaller level of the individual. God, we believe in you. We believe in that you have goodness for us, and, and may you continue to, to give it to us, even if we don't understand it or see it. May we believe that, that you have our best interest in mind. May peace and blessings mm-hmm. be sent upon the Prophet and his family and his companions. Amin, Ya Rahman, Amin, Al-Fatiha. Mm-hmm.